If you haven't already, we would strongly recommend and greatly appreciate a five-star recommend. Oh, damn it. Review. I'm, gonna, I'm doing the outro. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Modern Maker Podcast. If you, fuck me. Start it again from the top. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long day. I was. It was a long day. Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 27th, otherwise known as... Let's see what it was. I forgot what it was. <laughs> crush a can day. That's a terrible day. Crush a can. Any of you guys crushing cans no. today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was this Were weekend, I guess, but no, not... Laying waste yeah. to those Dude, LaCroix those or what? can crusher recyclable I those things. I love those. From the 90s. Like, the, it, it, it like just gets out this pent-up rage, you know? After dinner, I crush all the cans and all my Dasani cans <laughs> from the day and, you know, makes you feel nice and relaxed. <laughs> Is that your sparkling water of choice? I flip around, you know. I'm not brand loyal. I do a little LaCroix from time to time, a little, little bubbly, or we call it buble in our household, just to make it a little Michael extra Buble. fancy. That's the new Pepsi uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> Man, everybody's getting <laughs> a little it on sparkling it. buble. Everybody's huh? getting it Everybody, on this sparkling dude. water. It's case. flavored water that they sell for 50 cents a can. It's ridiculous. We should get it on this. But yeah. Yeah. We should make your brand water. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Chris, give us, this, give us these intros. These intros. Oh, yeah. You're not hearing Ben right now. <laughs> You're hearing no, Johnny you're Brook, who's a uh, Ben is what is he doing? Traveling in Morocco, I think he's at a wedding or yeah. something. So we're like, you know what? We don't want to bug him and have him have to do a podcast at like three thirty in the morning or whatever time it would be for him. So I, I think you know it's official. I think Johnny Brook is the fourth member of the podcast. <laughs> Old standby, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you need somebody, Ben Light, yeah, <laughs> little Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So yeah, you got your Johnny Brook from Crafted Workshop, not Workshop. magazine. If it was three years not ago, magazine. Maybe. Uh, and then you got your, yep. your good old Mike. He's always here. He's dependable. Good old Mark. And I'm Oak happy Town, to be here. Represent. As always. <laughs> That's right. So Johnny Brook is a longtime alumni of the show, friend of the show. Apparently, honorary, honorary fourth. fourth. Baby. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'll, I'm down. I'll take it, man. That's right. So you've been cranking out videos on yeah. Crafted Workshop. If anybody is not already familiar, you've been missing out. Mm-hmm. Find them there and at Crafted Workshop on Instagram. On everything, man. On everything. Down. Killer. He did it right. Yeah, come on, man. You picked a name, making sure you still had the socials yes, available. That was like the first thing I, I looked at, really. You know, That's awesome. I think it's so what important. have you been up to lately? What have you been building? <sighs> man, a lot of stuff. I uh, really been pushing through some like kind of home renovation. I've been trying to get our basement area kind of set up for a photo studio kind of intro outro shooting spot for me. So that started like two months ago when I put in uh, laminate flooring, replacing the carpet in that room and then painted it a nice kind of neutral gray color. So that was like step one really made the room look nice. Uh, but then there was still a bed in there. So obviously hard to shoot furniture with a bed in the same room. So, um, I built a Murphy bed with Rockler's kit and uh, just finished that up like two weeks ago. That project, I ran into like every problem I think possible. It was like just it was super frustrating. It's one of those projects that all these little mistakes just take a ton of time. Like I had this huge paint debacle where the paint, I I got impatient and rushed it. And so then the second coat of paint like peeled up and looked terrible. Um, I hit a screw with my domino while I was cutting all the mortises and then that chipped the carbide on the tip. So then every domino that I'd cut, like all 80 of them that I had cut 
that afternoon were all too narrow and not deep enough. So then when I went to glue everything up, the panels wouldn't come together. Um, oh no. <laughs> it was, yeah, there was just a lot of stressful moments like that. Just user error. Cause I was rushing through. And then like at the end of it, after everything, after I got the dang Murphy bed installed, I was like, you know, ready for that money shot, closing the Murphy bed for the first time. Freaking mattress was too thick, <laughs> so it wouldn't close. So oh, no. <laughs> it was just like one thing after another. So, you know, that project, it's done. I still got to get a different mattress, but it, it looks pretty good. But it just opens up that space so much, and I can leave like – my big kind of softbox and then other like LED panel in that room all the time. Yeah, because downstairs you've kind of got your office yeah. and a little bit of a living space. Yeah. That bedroom and then a bathroom to go along with it. Exactly. Correct? And then my shop's and like so right there. so bathroom is next? Yeah, so the bathroom is in progress right now. I got everything. I'm not doing like a full-on reno. Like I'm leaving the tile and tub and stuff in place. Really, it's just because Home Depot, I'm doing some reviews for their website and they, I just happened to pick some items that went in the bathroom. I figured, all right, let's just do all the items bathroom related. So it's like a shower head, a toilet and a vanity. And so it worked out pretty, pretty well. Got this sweet Martha Stewart vanity I'm putting in. Um, so today I got everything pulled out, got the painters in here, painted nice neutral gray color. And, uh, then Thursday, a friend of mine is a plumber. I guess it used to be a plumber. So it'll be kind of nice to do the video with somebody who actually knows what the heck they're talking about. Uh, I think that's kind of unique in our space. Most of us are just kind of winging stuff and, you know, Googling things. So it, that's uh, what I was about to ask. Have you, uh, have you done any renovation type stuff prior not, outside of laying floors, painting no, walls and stuff like that? Not really. I mean, I've changed shower heads, but that's, you know, that's like about as easy okay. as possible, but, uh, yeah. never a toy it and never you know a sink or anything like that so yeah that's kind of where I'm at with my bathroom remodel too is the video I did about a year ago go check it out if you haven't yep. seen it already I think it's my second most popular video so just go to my page and sort it from views high to low <laughs> uh, but that one was kind of what you were talking about it was I would still call it a renovation but I still kept the floors yeah. um, I kept the old cabinet but I updated the countertops. So it was one of those, I took it like 70% of the way. Yeah. But this one that I'm starting this week, man, it's, it's full on pulling out floors, putting in new tiles, taking out the old, the old tub and shower surround and, and doing it down to the studs. So that stuff intimidates me, man. That it's, it's one of those things. Like I, I feel like I can build furniture pretty well, but man, when it comes to stuff in the house, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like it's, it's just like, I'm having trouble with like the vanity light fixture for some reason. I pulled out the yeah. old one and installed a new one. And even when the switch is in the off position, it's on. And then when I try to flip the switch, it trips the breaker. So like, I have no idea what, like, it's not that hard. It's like white <laughs> to white, black to black, and then wire up the ground. And like, I, I can't not, I cannot figure out what the heck is wrong. And the hard part with it not being furniture is it's behind the wall. Exactly. You can't see the problem. Yeah. You didn't a, cause the a problem. Freshly so painted how are you going to fix it? Nonetheless, mm. you know, it's like a wall that I don't yeah. want to dig into. So either way though, it's cool that you're doing the, 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 the light version of yeah. the remodel and yeah. then. I mean, I definitely think that that helped me go into this Good one a little place. bit more confident. Yeah. yeah, I'm still not, I still know I'm going to have a lot of hurdles and a lot of headaches and a lot of idiot moments along the way, but I'm definitely a little more comfortable than I would have been if I was going into it totally green. Yeah, for sure. Johnny, you gave me an idea awesome. for when you said that, you know, normally we just Google it or whatever, if you didn't have the professional plumber there to help you out or ex-plumber, it'd be yeah. funny. So if in your video you can't figure something out, so you go to YouTube 
and you watch it and then that guy can't figure it out so then he goes to youtube and he's watching it it's just like a rabbit hole that just goes on forever yeah i mean it's i I had the same thing with the flooring because like i started the flooring with the wrong side of the floor facing out so it was like tongue out versus groove out or or groove out versus whatever and i was just like getting pissed you know just like rage quitting like smashing (laughs) smashing stuff Uh (laughs) but you know it was like just an hour on on youtube trying to figure out what i was doing wrong and it's it's amazing how much learning there is out there that's actually like like in general how are you guys with following instructions like if say it's like just a a tool that you get Uh, and like putting it together or something like that I never read the manual. Well, that's the problem. I don't read them, so I can't <laughs> yeah. follow them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a- I'm still figuring out stuff about like some like some of these festival stuff. They have features that you don't really like. They're super cool, but you wouldn't know unless you like maybe read the manual. And like there are tools I've had for like a year that I'm just now figuring out. Oh man, that's a cool feature that I wish I had known. Like, a dude, year you can ago. cut with this table saw. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm terrible because I'm super impatient. That's yeah. like, I am unbelievably impatient. Awesome. Well, Chris, what's going on in your world? Are oh, you baby. back to working on the garage or I'm are you working on it. some furniture? What was, your, what was get, your most recent video? It was the cabinet with the, the cabinet. Top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, that uh, came out awesome. I loved it. The live the live edge handle. I don't know if it's yeah. technically a yeah, live cool, edge, man. but I was yeah, watching that. I was watching that video and I was really thinking, it looks like Chris is winging it a lot more than he ever does. Oh man, I was like you are you are marking and measuring in place way more than normal. Like you are just like putting things there and just going for it. Hey, you got to go for it sometimes, baby. No, I, I mean really that's liked how your trick for I really liked your trick for trimming the outside of your doors so that they would match the profile of the cabinet. Yeah, you know what's funny too is somebody recommended that. Okay, so when I did a couple projects ago, the um the plywood looking box on a pallet, the coffee table thing. Somebody recommended to me like, oh, you know what you should have done is attach that last piece oversized, put it on the hinge oversized, and then just flush trim it. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Because I had already done that exact thing yeah. that I did in this cabinet, Gumby cabinet. Yeah, so like, explain like the exact what you did a little bit on this one. So it's basically like, you know that there's no way you're going to dial it in perfect when you no. cut it. So just like leave it. Give yourself like These a half These are doors inch. for a cabinet or, or yeah. really anything, right? Whenever you're trying to get something yeah. with flush seams. Yeah, because most of the time, I, like probably the most common use for an overlay door would be there's a bunch of them on a face frame. So it doesn't really matter how it lines up. All you want to do is just like adjust where the two meet to look good. Mm-hmm. But in this case, that seam needs to look good. And it also needs to look good on the three exterior areas. Uh, parts where they meet up and so I knew there's no way I'm going to nail that so I'm just going to cut the whole thing to be like I don't know three quarters of an inch or something bigger than what it needs to be and then I'll just get them all mounted on there flush trimming the outside that seemed easy enough that I knew that made total sense I thought that I would actually get the center seam to be perfect on the first go but it just wasn't so I was just like, all right, I think the easiest thing is just going to be draw a gap that's even all the way down. And then this is probably where hand tools would come in handy, for lack of a better word, if I had any, uh, was just strike that line and then just, you know, cut to it. But I didn't. So I just sanded to it. Still well, easy Well, you got enough. that giant edge sander. Is that what it's called? Yeah, no. dude, that thing is But awesome. I didn't use that, though, because that would be hard to use because this door was like, I don't know, seven feet yeah, long so or long. something like that. Oh, yeah. wow. So I yeah, couldn't even yeah. use that. Uh, so I basically just 
Dude, you should get a low angle jack plane. Like ask Rockler. I know. They just came out with I think some new that's going to be my gateway and in now that Rockler has stuff. Like that plane is pretty easy to use, and it would have been perfect for that kind of thing, and like fast, and leaves you with a super nice surface. You know yeah, I was just flattening is- a tabletop this past week, and that was really making me think about getting getting a plane yeah. just to get some rough surfacing done instead of using a belt yeah, sander. Man. The oh, day yeah. that they come so out with messy. hand tools that require zero setup and zero sharpening, I'm in. I am so I don't think that's going to that. happen, but but I yeah no. Once technology gets there, man. Yeah, once Just they can make blades way to get that a free don't Tormac. dull, it is going to be amazing. Oh baby, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, give us the guide. How much? How how much are you into hand planes and stuff like that? How far down the rabbit hole me? have you gone? Yeah. I own a lot more hand planes than I probably. A lot of use decorations. <laughs> well, then this is a great question. I'm a, I'm which, a gear guy. Which ones have you bought, and which ones are you actually using, and which ones you sit on the shelf? So I haven't bought uh, anything any ever. All right. No. All right. Which ones have you? Uh, <laughs> I've gotten them. I've acquired, acquired them. Yes. Uh, let's, let's sponsored say. by Dasani Bubbling Water, probably. <laughs> They've come into my ownership, into my possession. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the ones I definitely use the most. The the block plane is like incredibly useful. I use that thing on most projects. It's it is the easiest way to put like a nice light chamfer on an edge without having to pull out a router and make a freaking mess. And it's just, there's something really satisfying about it. It it takes about the same amount of time as like putting the bit in the router, setting it to depth, and then finally actually routing it. Um, But there's like no noise, there's no dust, and it's just super satisfying. So block plane's awesome. Um, It's also good for like, like when I built my uh, changing table, I did like a rabbited edge. So I, I, I rabbited that, main board in a little bit further to leave like a little extra overhang mm. there and so i used the block plane to flush up that overhang real quick much faster than it would have done with a sander um so block plane's great and then the low angle jack is that's probably the one i use the most for like other stuff so it, the jack plane is kind of like the jack of all trades so it does a bunch of different things but it's great for like doing edges um like what you were talking about chris if you needed to like trim down a panel on mm-hmm. the edge that just a few passes with the low angle jack would would make really quick work of that, and you're I think more likely to stay nice and square and flat than you would right. be if you try to sand to that line, yeah, especially with like, like a it. random orbit sander or something. Yeah, is it just because so, you have a bigger reference surface? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you're really not taking off that much material when you're using hand planes. So like, it's really easy to tell if you're starting to get wonky, and you can fix it before it's too right. late. Whereas with a like you know, 60 grit sanding belt on a belt sander. Like it's really easy to go past that point and, uh, not realize it. So those are definitely the two planes I use like far and away the most. And I think that's like pretty common among like power tool guys, Mm -hmm. you know, like the other one would be like a smoothing plane, but I'm just not that good at hand planes yet. And so that would be like the last thing you hit your surface with to almost like skip sanding. Um, and that can save a ton of time, but the problem is like, if you've got weird grain, then you get a huge tear out, like chunk out of your, <laughs> out of your, you know, surface. And then you're back to square one and have to do a ton of work. Yeah. So that's just happened to me too many times and I'm not good enough with it and like good enough at setting up planes to make that happen consistently. But I know a lot of guys can just almost skip sanding entirely and just hit the surface with a smoothing plane, which would be amazing. That'd be really cool. But, uh, yeah, those are the three that I think are the most common, but, but, uh, Rockler just came out with these new bench dog planes and they've got all of those as part of the kind of arsenal. I'm getting so, them. Um, I, 
Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, hit him up, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. You know, it's also just nice to like do something a different yeah. way. Like doing every project, doing every step the same way week in and week out just gets boring. So I try to mix it no, up. I know. You know? Like I was uh, posting a little bit about it on Instagram last week. I was making this freestanding wardrobe piece that should actually come out this week. So maybe it'll be out like today when you're listening to this. But, um, I was going to just like do some dados to put some shelves in. I was like, I'm sick of just like doing these same dados all the time. I'm going to try to make it an actual like decorative little element. So I tried making kind of a little wedge shaped piece that the shelves could sit on. And it's just, yeah, it's purely out of, I've done this 20 times already. Let's try something different. Yeah. Like especially cabinet carcasses, like they get really, really boring after a while. And so that's why like on that changing table, I like, pinned the corners with brass and I did rabbits and dados, which I really don't do that much for cabinet carcasses. I'll do dominoes yeah. or something like that just cause I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, getting back to like the more old school methods. So it's, it's just good to keep it mixed up, for sure. you know, it's boring otherwise. So, so what do you got coming up yeah. in the near future? You're doing the bathroom, you're doing all the stuff down here. Are you building any big furniture pieces? Are you is there anything that you have in mind that maybe you're brainstorming on anything like that? So I've got a few things. I've definitely, our, our bed is something I want to replace. Um, it's a Ikea bed. That's probably uh, like 10 years old at this point. It's moved to like four or five different States at this point. So, I mean, it's honestly incredible. The thing is held up this well. It's still in pretty good condition. It's like actually solid wood. So, you know, that's at Ikea. I think the solid wood stuff's decent, but, uh, I really like the style. It's like modern and clean, but I just feel like I should build my own yeah, content too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of like wanting to do a live edge headboard, but then a really clean kind of minimal modern everything else and kind of build in the live edge between maybe some tall back legs. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking around. There's some really cool, uh, options out there that I've seen and just figuring out how to join everything and, you know, make it, make it work. But I think that would be pretty fun. And it's, it's definitely a past time, but, uh, I'm really excited with the way the sliding barn doors coming together. Oh yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah. The, I think the that hardware, man. Yeah, dude, this, uh, yeah. KC Crowder company or K God, it's, it's on my desk. I'm probably maybe saying that wrong, but anyway, they're this Canadian manufacturer of, they do like really high-end hardware and so this is like kind of a kit that they're trying to hit a little bit more i think of a you know more affordable price point it's still like 600 bucks so it's not cheap at all but it's really nice like this stuff is unbelievably good quality yeah it looked like apple uh, made it pretty excited yeah dude it's like it's yeah it's like machining porn it's just beautiful (laughs) stainless steel it's really really nice do you mind saying what it was uh, called one more time uh, let me, let me just confirm. I think it's K N Crowder. Uh, yeah. K N Crowder. They're a Canadian brand. They reached out to me and, uh, they've worked with like, uh, Jeff Mack and people like that. Yeah. You know, some of the bigger Instagram guys up there. Um, but I took, uh, an Ambrosia maple slab. And so it's a, it's going on my friend's closet door over it. And so it needed to be like 84 by 37 inches, which is pretty freaking big. Yeah. And had I went and tried to find a slab that size, it would have probably been like $800 impossible for me to move by myself, like a real pain to flatten all that stuff. So 
what I did was I bought kind of a standard size slab. It was like 13 inches wide uh, out of ambrosia maple and then bought some more just regular ambrosia maple boards and ripped the slab in half and then kind of filled in between them with those regular boards and kind of made the grain flow as much as I That's could. That's pretty tricky. And it was I like a, it. Yeah, it was way easier to work with. You know, I could still use my planer and jointer and stuff, and uh, it, I think, turned out really good. Yeah, I really so. liked that trick that you used by recessing the, I guess it's like C-channel on the back of the door to help prevent any kind of warping or maybe twisting even. Yeah. Because, I don't know, whenever you're, I don't use a ton of hardwoods, you know, I don't use a ton of maple. Most of the time, I'm using big box store stuff. And I think that's sure. like the most common problem when people are doing DIY projects, whether it's like a simple hairpin leg dining table or a simple oh, sliding yeah. barn door, you know, simple geometry that is, is you build it, it looks great. And then after a couple seasons, it starts to, yeah, it's it a pringles chip. up on you a little bit. Uh, yeah. I like well, that. Like and so that explain was the cool that process thing. I, a little I've, bit. Yeah. Yeah, so I found so when I was building my parents' uh, extension dining table for the Wood Whisperer Guild, which is killer. The way, what? Yeah, thank you. That, I'm really happy with the way that thing uh, came yes. out. But so with ex- extension dining tables, usually the boards run across the width of the table rather than the length, right. which is opposite of how we almost always build tables. And so with that, you are a lot more prone to cupping, especially with the main panels, just because they're wider than they are long, mm-hmm. um, or however you want to think of that. <laughs> um, so I needed to figure out a way to keep them flat because the panels just were floating on top of the base and just kind of riding along on the aprons with nothing kind of attached to them. So uh, I needed an option that was going to be recessed into the bottom so they wouldn't interfere with the table base. And so, actually, I was listening to Wood Talk podcast, um, and they were talking about, somebody asked a question about embedding kind of flat bar, you know, just standard kind of steel flat bar into the bottom and whether that would kind of help. And they were saying that flat bar is pretty flexy, which which it is, yeah. you know, like even, you know, eighth inch thick, three sixteenth inch flat bar, you can flex it with your arms, right. like no problem. Um, but then I found it actually at Home Depot, this C channel that's, uh, it's one inch wide, by half an inch tall but the walls are only an eighth of an inch thick but since it's that kind of staple shape that's like the c-channel thing it has a lot more rigidity so you can't really bend it at all um so it just worked out really well so i just routed in a groove into the bottom of the table um you know left the groove a little bit longer than the c-channel to allow for expansion and contraction and then just drilled a couple oversized holes and then drilled and tapped some holes into the underside of the table base and worked out perfect i think it will stand the test of time no problem and so i'm doing the same thing on this because again i needed something that was recessed wasn't going to interfere with like the trim on the door or anything when it was sliding back and forth yeah. and it's it's cheap like the c channels like eight bucks for each piece and uh goes pretty fast so yeah i liked that I'm idea pretty happy with the method my bad yeah, yeah i like that it, idea a lot i oh, was no, just working on a dining table that i was building as a commission and the people that i was building building it for had already bought pre-made metal legs and that was what i was a little worried about as well as the metal legs that they bought they were just flat bar steel at the top and they had a trapezoidal shape and so i was a little bit worried about maybe it cupping or twisting i ended up really not doing anything i just let them know hey this might warp a little bit and if it does i know how to fix it but right now like i don't have time to build anything else uh just because I thought the legs were going to be beefier than they were. And when I got them, I was like, oh, these are what are going on the table. Okay, I think it'll work, but 
I, if I were building them, I would have made them out of a lot bigger tube. Um, yeah, but no, I just thought it was a really cool idea. Cause I just, that's such a common problem whenever you're doing like a tabletop with pre-made legs or something like that, where you don't have that full apron. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. It was a really smart idea. So watch out. Cause I'm definitely going to be using that in the future. Do it, man. <laughs> Although if you're going to be using like construction lumber, I probably wouldn't like tap the holes in the wood. I'd probably just add threaded inserts. Cause oh, I don't yeah. think like softwoods probably wouldn't have that holding power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, I don't know if you guys have ever messed around with like actually tapping wood, but dude, th- th- it is so freaking strong in, in like Oak or something like that. I've used it on, I used it on my first river table, which was cherry. And then I've used it on a couple things, some maple coffee tables I've built for my parents, but it's just so convenient to be able to like thread a bolt into the underside of your yeah. table with no other, you know, inserts or anything added. It's And is cool. it a threaded yeah. insert or are you threading the actual, you're tapping the wood itself? I'm tapping the Whoa. wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. those are the wood it's whisperer thread taps, right? Yeah. Yeah, which are now Eagle America. I guess they got bought oh, really? by, uh, bought from Mark. But yeah, same thing. Well, congrats, but, Mark. Uh, Way to go, brother. Got yeah, that Eagle America dude, money. Uh, I know. Oh yeah, dude. I don't think he's laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cool process. And like, uh, what's his name? Andy did a a test on the thread strength, and even in like an eighth inch thick piece of wood it was like 200 pounds of of holding power it was so this is a question that you know i could find out pretty easy but maybe you know are they standard threads like standard machine screws yeah really wow yeah so i i have the quarter 20 thread tab so all the bolts i buy for that stuff just yeah that's super to like any hardware store yeah so i love it okay well what what video have you most recently published and uh all that kind of stuff just so we know where to send people so I put out a, a side table with wireless charging built in and a Shushugiban base uh, last yes. week, which was pretty fun. It was all the leftover oak from my parents' dining table and used up. I just wanted a project that would use it all up. And so I built right. a pair of end tables and left the tops like plain, nice, clean oak and then burnt the bases, which was really fun. I'd never done that on hardwood before, and it, it looked super clean. Like, Chris, I know you always are using the leather dye and stuff. You should try Shushukiban, especially on like, something like oak, because you still get the kind of grain. Mm-hmm. Like the, You can still see the grain texture, uh, but it's super clean, even black. It's really I'll give nice. give it a shot. And, uh, just a fun you know, change of pace. Heck yeah, it's like doing those right. wedges for dados. Yeah, Actually, man. I got an idea. Maybe you guys can help me brainstorm a project idea I got kicking around. So everybody yeah, seems right. to be doing the uh, the wireless charger, nightstand, whatever. Yep. I had it. I wanted to do one, especially because about a year ago, Apple announced that they were going to come out with this Apple Power Pad, whatever thing that was going to be able to charge yes, your phones, dude, charge your watches. Been waiting on it, and it like. Really? I don't know about this. So it's basically a big pad. It'll charge your watches. It'll charge your phone, which charge off of a different technology. So they don't use the same. Should have been called apple juice, by the way. Wow. uh, (laughs) They really missed the mark on that one. I was very disappointed in them. And the other good thing about it is that I don't think you have to be as specific about where you're setting your stuff. You just set it on it and it'll work. So it didn't come out. They don't talk about it anymore, which makes they had major people think, problems with it. Yeah, there's there's some kind of problems. Maybe it doesn't come out, right? Yep. So I was thinking, well, if you think about it, so with something anything technology based and wireless charging would be no different. Whatever we have right now as state of the art 
in three years from now is probably not going to be state of the art. There's probably going to be no. a lot better ways to wirelessly charge something. So I was thinking it'd be cool to do a future-proof version of a wireless charging, just, let's just say a nightstand for sake of the conversation. Just so, electrify the whole table. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is you never upgrade your phone. Yes, yes. Done. Yeah. No, All right, um, sorry, keep going. So I was thinking build the whole nightstand but have the top part be replaceable. So it's almost like an insert that mm. then you would do like the standard way that people do it where they, you know, hollow out the underside, put the wireless charger there. Then in two years from now, when that becomes obsolete, you'd basically have, I mean, I get, so you could almost just pull the thing out and template route it so that you'd have an exterior piece that's exactly the same and then route whatever the new technology is and embed that in there so that you have essentially the same piece, but it's just like upgraded instead okay, of having so- to get a whole new nightstand. But I see, totally see where you're coming I from. I could already do that. Like, my top is just attached to the base with a couple screws, so I pop the top off, route out a bigger recess if I need it, and then I'm good. What if they, what if they get smaller? No, just joke. Well, then that's I guess better. it doesn't matter because it's the underside. <laughs> wow. Because it's just held in place. Like, that's why I think we're all, like, hot gluing it in or, like, temporarily attaching it because, like, we all know wireless charging – it's really awesome and that's why like I am going to probably be building it into a ton of stuff moving forward cuz especially now that my wife has a phone that her you know she has like the iPhone 8 or whatever mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just so convenient we're sitting there watching TV or whatever and I just sit my phone down on the side table and it's charging like it's just cool you know mm-hmm. it's just really convenient same with nightstands and stuff like that so you just got to s- integrate it into your lap yeah. That seriously. way, wherever you are. Into my pocket. Just You're build charging, it right into my baby. thigh. <laughs> what I want to experiment with is the IKEA one because they have a whole oh, yeah. kit that comes with a drill bit and everything. Like you just drill a damn hole in any any surface and their wireless charger will drop in kind of flush, nice and clean with the surface. So it, you can see it. It's not hidden, but yeah, that's kind of a gimmick anyway. So Yeah, I've been wanting to do a coffee table where it has coaster spots and the coaster spots are wireless charging mm. po- like spots. Yeah. So it could have like Charge a little a piece of like acrylic or some kind of something so you're not putting cups on the actual charger. But that would be cool. You have like a coffee table with maybe four of them. So people Dude. just come over, drop it on the table, super casual. That's so smart. Like like routing an area to like fill with epoxy as like designated coaster spots and like build that into design that's actually a really cool idea yeah i've just been waiting to upgrade my phone so i can wirelessly charge bro well this is expense that shiz man you got an iphone xs coming your way i was just about to say i think i'm gonna get one uh yeah I won't get the stupidly large one. I think no, that's ridiculous. that's kind of silly, but I'm just yeah. trying I got to get the a stupidly large one. Oh, you did? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did it's you cool. really? You like the phablet? Hey, I got big hands, man. <laughs> I do. Please Mine don't brag about your hands, size. Chris. Very tiny taste. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. Yeah, that's I feel funny. like that's going to be the thing, though, man. Like, and and I think you know, I got some comments on the video like oh wireless charging is a thing now it's like i i built the table with wireless charging before workbench con you know like it's yeah it's not something that is new it's it's just cool to me and any side table yeah or you had it built whenever i was down visiting when we were yeah. doing the molten aluminum river table yeah i just built the uh, one with evan and caitlin and that was wireless charging so they're just exactly. convenient they're just you know it's it's like the future man like your phone yeah. charges without having to plug it in that's magic that's something right there, baby. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what other kind of future technology is going to revolutionize furniture? 
Well, I've been seeing so do surpass y'all, itself quickly. <laughs> do you guys follow uh, Open Desk? They make like uh, really cool furniture designs that are uh, open source. So you can, if you have a big four by eight CNC, you can download their files and cut out their furniture like immediately, like no no problems. Are uh, they selling the planes? Is that where they're making money? It's free. It's open it's source. Free. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, oh, it's pretty cool. Interesting. I think you are can they like pre- license some pretty cool it. designs. Oh yeah, dude, super clean, modern, really nice stuff. But so they just came out with a new app that it's uses augmented reality and so you can sh- like look at your room through your phone and drop any of their pieces of furniture in the room and see how it would look to scale mm. in that spot. I like that. Which I think I mean think about it, we all make plans we all, for the most part, are using SketchUp or some sort of 3D modeling software. Imagine if like, there was some sort of way that people could be like, oh, man, I'm thinking of building that dining table. Let me see how it looks in my space and just look on your phone and it is there. I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And if it gets yeah. good enough, you don't even need to do that. You just live in that world. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Forget it. This is my new house. Yeah, it's just, just all not gonna VR, take these glasses baby. Off. Y'all ever seen that surrogates <laughs> movie with Bruce Willis? That's going to be the future. Yeah. That's it. That's it. VR That's the scares future me a little furniture. Bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Have you Let's ever done that? Let's turn this podcast into a futurist podcast. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Anti-future. Let's just all go bleak, backwards. Right. You know, guys. I'm still using my Walkman. <laughs> all about those cassettes. <laughs> still got my Victrola out, but uh-huh. I'm wirelessly charging it. <laughs> Hand crank, baby. If the power goes out, no biggie. <laughs> yep. All my woodworking plans come from magazines. Yeah. Yep. Definitely from the library. It's how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so am I not doing my nightstand idea then? Pointless? Uh, well, well, no, let's keep going on the nightstands. Bring so, us back in. Yeah, What's so what is the problem you're trying to assess, I guess? You want to incorporate wireless charging in a neat way? Maybe in a nightstand it doesn't make as much sense, but in something bigger? Yeah. So like in a desk sure. or something like that. If it's all built in and all assembled right. and you couldn't take the top off, then yes, that would be... A good idea. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, even then, though, like, like you know, Brad's desk, you could still just flip it over and get to, no matter how big it was, I don't know what you would build that'd be so big that you couldn't get to it. I yeah. think the important thing is that you don't compromise the actual tabletop surface. The strength, yes. Right. That, yes. and then also just not cutting through it, right? So the same way you oh, guys have stressful, recessed, man. you've recessed Whew. the uh, the actual chargers so that there's only about an eighth of an inch of wood between yeah. the, the tabletop and the charger. And that's a stressful you moment. Do, oh, oh, dude, I believe it. <laughs> you're like done. Quadruple You got the whole thing glued that. up. You're like ready. And it's like, man, I could punch a hole in this thing right yeah. now and be the collet on my router has Ooh. never been so tight super tight <laughs> yeah that but yeah flush mounting yeah if yeah. i was going to give any caution warnings it would just be you can always make that recess larger or smaller yeah. as long as you don't mess with the actual surface Strength. of the table then it should be totally future proof totally because chargers are only going to get better and more powerful i would imagine so yeah so I, i'm really interested to see how tech evolves with furniture over the next like five to ten years because i feel like I feel like uh, speakers being built into furniture is already kind of becoming a thing. And it's something I've wanted to build like a media console with speakers and and Bluetooth and an amp all built in kind of nice and and hidden. Um, But I feel like all that stuff is just going to kind of merge. Because like think about our our media consoles now. It's just like a big box to put all our electronics in. But imagine if Mm -hmm. somehow it could be more integrated and, and look cleaner without this whole cable mess. 
I, thought- I agree. Something else I was thinking of the other day, too, and it made me think of it because Ben was talking about it on the podcast, about having all of the cabinets being pneumatically controlled in the tiny house for the productions, uh, for the production team that was coming in with Home Depot. When are smart latches and smart doors going to oh, just yeah. like be very common and accessible to where you can just open up your media console or you can kind of arrange it to where maybe if the doors are open, it has a very specific look. Maybe if the doors are closed, it has a really specific look to where it's just you click one button and it kind of themes itself. Oh, yeah. Or or if it's a similar thing where you've got a media console that converts into a bar and you Dude. just have a click of a button and like the door swings around and it reveals, you know, all the whiskey bottles and stuff. Yeah. I think that'll be a big move whenever You're that speakeasy. gets affordable enough and accessible enough. Well, so I was at uh, IWF in Atlanta, which you guys should totally go to uh, yeah, right. whenever it's next time. But I was at... Now. Yeah, two years from now. But one of the drawer slide companies, uh, Hafila or whatever, they're like, you know, German or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. they had something similar to what you're talking about, Mike. It was basically a, a lift Ooh. that was like smart controlled. So it looks like a normal shelf on a cabinet. And they had like a ukulele on it or something. And they like pressed a button and the ukulele lifted up and like five bottles of scotch were on a hidden shelf, like wow. within the cabinet, somehow tucked away. It was like super cool, mm. you know, like stuff like that. It's just. I don't know. So when it was closed, did it look like it was just open below the cabinet? So somehow it was like, I think the top of, okay, so the shelf that the ukulele was resting on, I think was Uh like flush with the cabinet top from what I remember. And so then when you push a button, it like slid up into the compartment above and uh, it was, it was pretty nice. Get that furniture if you're pounding that liquor, but you don't want the kids to know, huh? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, just really into you ukulele. Hide- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you slurring I've- your words? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What words? Hi with ukulele. Love. Yeah, I just it love seems it, like a really, it seems overall like a double-edged sword because when you're integrating tech, whether it's oh, chargers yeah. or things like that, the, the more built in and the more integrated into the piece it can be, the cooler it is, but... It also really compromises the longevity of the of the piece because, you know, once that media player doesn't fit anymore, what do yep. you do? So, yep. yeah. God forbid I think, well, ukuleles I, think, go out of vogue. Exactly. And I think that's why wireless charging is a pretty safe bet. Yeah. But yeah. maybe working in like a gaming console. I could would see be a in like tougher. five years hipsters being like, ah, oh, you get that warmer charge <laughs> with the cord. <laughs> it's vintage. Yeah. It's analog <laughs> yeah. charging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uncompressed. That's They're cool. gonna be loving it. <laughs> the same with vinyl, hipsters. man. I was so into power. vinyl, but then I like if you have two cats, being into vinyl just doesn't work. Like I had a ridiculous <laughs> setup, but like it sounded so bad because the cat hair would just be embedded. No way, man! You got to hear record. that cat hair on it. Yeah, it's yeah. it was ridiculous. You yeah. got to have the dust cover. <laughs> you just got to have a little cover. Oh man. So Chris, are you are you yeah. at that SketchUp thing this week, or are you not? Did you not? Do no, that? I was. I was <laughs> Salty. I sound bitter about it. No. Uh, I For was real. gonna go, but some other stuff came up and uh, mm. didn't work out. Uh, you know, what? maybe I could still get out there for because it's going the whole week. It's only like two hours away. Maybe I can still get out there for a day. We'll see. Yeah. The battle's not lost yet. I feel like you're like Mr. SketchUp, man. It's in like every single video you've ever made. I should have been there. You know, it's funny, actually, when you were talking about the augmented reality thing, a couple months ago, some guys had reached out to me and uh, they had modeled one of my pieces of furniture into a, it was like a VR 
you know, so you'd have like a HTC Vive or whatever, and they integrated SketchUp into it. So it had like the same kind of tools, but they were a little bit different the way that you would use them. But it was made for like modeling the furniture in virtual reality, which I don't know exactly why. I don't know. I'd have to try it out to see if that would be beneficial or not. But um, they were like in, I don't know, Norway or somewhere far away. And they were saying like, oh yeah, we can like send you out a loaner one and you can like test it out and tell us what you think. And then it turned out though, they were going to be at, the SketchUp conference, I was like, oh, just bring it there and then I'll just test it bring out it while there. we're there. So yeah. I do kind of wanted I, I wanted to play around with that, see what it was like. I don't know. I mean, in my head, I didn't see the benefit of it, but I don't want to write it off until I try it. Like, I mean, would totally. you guys see a benefit to that? I feel like getting a sense of scale would be good because that's one thing in SketchUp – it's it's hard to get that in a 3D model. You know, like when whenever I – a little man models, in there. I know, but then <laughs> then you go to build it and you make like the first three cuts and I'm like, man, yeah. this is, it's either like really small or really huge. You know, it's never yeah, like, oh, that was exactly what I expected it to look like. You know, like tables, right. it's always overwhelmingly large. And then like a chair, chairs feel like they're so short when you build oh, a yeah. regular chair. It's like, this can't be right. This has got to be wrong. But yeah, dining tables, dining tables without chairs around them also oh, yeah. look really low. look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. like if you hear, if you say like okay, thirty inches is a good height for a dining table, and then you get out your tape measure and you just yeah. set it, you're like, no, that can't. It's, it's got to be forty-two inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so if, it is. I feel like getting scale, but but then I feel like you wouldn't need to model in VR. You exactly. Just need yeah. To like view in VR. Yeah, yeah, and actually, wow. and augmented even seems better because having it in the room and for yeah. scale and everything. But yeah, actually modeling it in there, I don't know. I mean, I could see where maybe to even more of a beginner, there might be a benefit there because it might become more natural to use. You're not like, you're taking away the part of the learning curve, which is just like navigating the environment. Yeah. So that, and, and depending on how the tools work, they might be able to make it really intuitive where it's like, oh, just like draw a line from here to here and then push it or whatever. So it might like take, like the first time you put it on, you might already have a base of knowledge that was good enough to already start modeling something. I could see yeah. where that could be a benefit of it. But to people who are using it and, and experience with it, yeah, from a modeling standpoint, no, it I think doesn't be super seem frustrating. Like, yeah, it seems yeah. like it would slow you down, if anything. Yeah. Have you all messed around in, in VR stuff? much it not really i want to man it's it's crazy I've, I've only tried it a couple times there was actually at in atlanta when we were there for iwf they have a vr bar there uh-huh. they have different little booths where you go and rent like time using an oculus rift and you know it's a bar too and wow. it's just v bar it's so weird man like it is like just such a strange experience because it's so, so realistic yeah and i don't know much about it is there any way of doing, you know, on the show topic here, is there a way of like making furniture you can interact with in VR? Oh yeah. I mean, well, yes. I mean, I, I'm the, it's possible. I don't know that the program exists, but cause like with the Oculus Rift, you have controllers in your hands so that it knows where your fingers are. So like if right. you wanted to test the if you size got sensors in the table or something, or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. It, it, yeah. It's crazy for sure. Damn. Yeah. Tripping out, man. <laughs> the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, welcome. This is Maker News, episode two, here with my co anchor, Chris Salamone. It's good to be here, Mike. Welcome to the studio. We've got a great show for you today, and we've got our guest weatherman, 
Johnny Brook. How it's are you, hot sir? outside. It is not in Oklahoma, but I'm glad it's I'm glad it is in Nashville. Breaking news: This is coming in from the desk on the teleprompter. Maker Brand Co. is releasing free samples of their Maker Brand Simple Finish with what? wax. With wax, the best, the best one to two coat finish in the game, and they're giving it away. Sample sizes. All you have to do is pay for the shipping, That's which right. is just a few bucks. Yeah. And so we're going to put a link to the URL because it'll be too hard to read it and for you to remember. So in the description, there will be a link. So I guess this was spoiled breaking news if you read the description first. But that'll take bit. you right to the page to order your free sample, give it a yes. shot, love it, become addicted to it, <laughs> buy a million cans. So what we've done is buy a lot of shampoo, shampoo bottles that yeah. you would get at a hotel. <laughs> and we have filled... Many, many, many of these sample bottles with Maker Brand oil so that we can get the, get it to as many people as we can humanly get it to so that they can try it out. And like what you said, Chris, yes, just prove whether you like it or not. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, obviously, buy it by the court and do tables and stuff with it. I just got and- done working on that dining table I mentioned earlier, and I did two coats of simple finish on that. And it only took out about a third of the can. Oh, yeah. So considering the price, and I got would have gotten three full dining tables out of it, um, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I just used it on the Lime Edge barn door, and it was super easy to apply and looks really good. It's just a really nice, clean matte finish. Uh, I think for us, for the YouTube people, it's uh, like awesome because it is really, really fast. You mm-hmm. don't have to wait for eight hours between coats, and it looks really good. Yep, and the only thing I'll add is don't be uh, throwing when your sample arrives and it says suave on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guarantee pert. it is not shampoo in there. <laughs> yeah, per plus. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is Maker Brand Simple Finish Oil. All right, so Johnny, you are somebody that has experimented a lot with finishes, and we yes. didn't bring you on just so we could get you to say good things about Simple Finish, because if but you please, do have bad things to say, say things. we <laughs> genuinely want you to say it now. Um, but you've kind of you've kind of gone across all the board. You've done the armor seal stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've done. Have you done Rubio monocoat? Oh yeah. And you've also kind of done the whole spray lacquer setup. You've kind of done it all. Yeah. What is where does it kind of sit in the range of like kind of convenience and quality of finish, durability? What what were your kind of initial takeaways with it? So I think it's really really easy to use. So that was I think the biggest thing for me, especially people who are getting into woodworking and stuff like this. Finishing is really intimidating because there's so many options out there and then every option has like 10 different ways to apply it. You know, you go online and find some lumberjocks forum and there's guys saying, "Oh, never use a, you know, shop towel to wipe on wipe on poly. Only use, you know, a clean t-shirt." Or you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. ridiculous. People get really over I think obsessed with finishes. So, um I've tried a bunch and uh, I think as far as this kind of wipe on kind of oil wax one or two coat blend thing, it's definitely one of the easier, like with Rubio, you have to mix two parts or else it's going to take like seven days to dry. Um, And so that's kind of annoying. And so it's just one of those things where that stuff's really, really expensive. So (laughs) you don't want to mix too much and then have all this extra and not be able to use it. So that was one big bonus over Rubio. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's my first time using it. I liked it a lot. Uh, for Very me, cool. I love spraying finishes because it's just 
unbelievably fast. Um, and so if like it was a massive, you know, huge cabinet or something like that, I'd probably still spray. But I think for tabletops and things like that, where you don't want to drag out the spray system necessarily, it's uh, really, really perfect. So, yeah. Oh, well, I've got a, I've got a cool little segue off of how to apply finishes. I think I came up with a real game changer here. Here we go. All right. So, Chris, yo, your recommendation when we were when we were developing the finish and everything like that is like this is working really well with an old T-shirt. I'm an old T-shirt, and that's kind of been the go-to since. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, last time I was at Harbor Freight, I picked up some foam sponges or foam, uh, like foam, Brushes? yeah, like foam breath. Sorry, no, like a big foam sponge, like what you would okay. use to like apply a washer like, car? Su- to wash your car with. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. And it worked so well. It soaked up so much finish. Like I did uh-huh. the whole tabletop in like three dips. And then you yeah. just like wring it out back into the can, whatever you did. Exactly. Use. So it was really very low waste and I didn't have to dip it in so often. It just like held so much finish at one time. I'll yeah. Give it a shot. They have these yeah, flooring so. applicator things too that I want to try when I use this again, basically it's, it's for like applying finish to a big section of hardwood floors, but it's, it's a similar kind of foam sponge pad type of deal. And it's got a nice big handle. And so you can just wipe, you know, back and forth in rows real quick. Um, cause yeah, that's always the thing is like, how do you apply this stuff as fast as possible? Cause it, it, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. You don't have to be super precise since you're going to come back and wipe away all the excess. Right. You can just kind of slop it on and be a little, uh, you know, aggressive with it. So Heck yeah. Well, that's really cool to hear. We don't want to turn this into a whole sales pitch, but it is cool to hear a that you had a good experience pitch. with it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you will want to use it more often. Um, but anyways, all the sample information, Chris, like you said, it's kind of at the top of the description. So yep. click through there. We are not making any money on these samples. We are only covering the cost of shipping. Um, so try it out. We hope you love it. Outside of that, though, what are you guys obsessed with this week? And if you need me to go first, I am prepared. I'm Do also it. prepared. Go, Mike. I'm not prepared. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, there is a website that I discovered, and I don't even know how, but it is called colorhex.com. Oh, boy. Color hyphen hex. And all it is is a website where people make color packs of, like, trendy colors, and then mm-hmm. people upvote them and downvote them. Ooh. And color so, packs? You mean like like palettes? Like palettes. Uh, yeah, sorry, like a color palette. Exactly. Okay. And so Oof. you get all these cool, trendy color combos, and they also just have a page that is their most popular colors sorted highest to low. And so you can see what the most popular ones on their site are. So it's great because it really changes. It changes with the season. I found out about it about a month or two ago. And around that time, it was a lot more heavy with the pastels. And now there's like a lot more of the the forest greens and things like that kind of coming into into fashion with it being fall and all that. So it's cool if you're interested in finding some trendy colors. It gives you the color code. So if you're working in Photoshop or Illustrator, you can just load that in and just run and gun with it. It's really cool, if nothing yeah. else, for just a, a good starting point on color. I'm there's, looking at it now. It's very cool. It, it reminds right, me like I, the the Murphy bed you were doing would have been a cool way to do it because you would have picked you did three colors on that right yeah well just like natural wood and then well I ended yeah. I did three because I failed but yeah I meant to only do okay. two but I did three got you but yeah that would have been cool to kind of find a little yeah. color palette and just kind of Definitely. run with it so 
I was a uh, color hyphen hex. I was looking yeah. at it right now and it reminded me there's this website that I used to go to. It used to be called Cooler Color, like K-U-L-E-R, but it's owned by Adobe. I think it's now just called Adobe Color CC. And I think it's one of the things that's actually free to use. You don't need to have an Adobe account or anything. And it's kind of similar to what you're talking about, Mike, where there's just like user curated color palettes that people make and then things get voted up. But then it also, if you want to make your own color palette, it'll have these like auto generated pull down. So you can choose a first color and then you can choose like analogous, monochromatic, complementary, compound shades, and it'll generate a color palette based off of that first color that you pick. So that's, that's another, cool. it's another good resource for people out there. Yeah. That's awesome. So those will be linked in the description. Johnny, what is your obsession this week? So this has been my obsession for a while and Here we go. <laughs> I think I've promoted it probably on Girls. another podcast potentially. <laughs> no, dude, this Bon Appetit magazine, their YouTube channel. I don't know if you guys have watched their stuff. It's I uh, love it. They're great. Good Lord. It's so good, man. Like they are just, they're just killing it, man. All these gourmet versions of like childhood delicious foods. And then also Brad's whole it's alive series. Like between those two, I have probably watched every episode multiple times. Like it's just one of those things that is hilarious. And I want to show my friends and the production value is awesome. And the editing is awesome. And yeah, they're, they're killing it, man. And Brad is a woodworker, man. Like, I don't know if y'all know that, but Brad is a legit woodworker. I really didn't know that. I'm yeah, it to... seems like people are just dropping more and more 22-minute and 15-minute oh, yeah. TV edits straight to YouTube now. Yeah. With First We Feast, Bon Appetit, Munchies, like in that whole food Dude, space. If the quality's and there, then, man, and then I love I, it. And this actually works really well for the for the title and stuff of this episode, but I just saw a series with Grant Imahara, I think is his mm-hmm. last name. He was one of the people Mythbusters. in Mythbusters where they were doing this whole kind of smart home build. I don't remember what the channel was exactly, but... If you if you search on YouTube Grant Imahara home or something like that, you'll find it. But it was basically they were just kind of doing this completely produced TV edit of what would be on HGTV on a smart home build. But they're just like, screw it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Everyone watch it. And it's just blowing up. I feel like that's going to be the thing. I mean, and, and I think some people are already moving towards it in our space. Like I know Bob has been putting out a lot longer videos over at I like to make stuff like he's the last couple. It seems like it'd been like 20 plus minutes, which that's, that's a long YouTube video, you know, that's a bold uh, move. And then Evan and Caitlin have been doing a lot more longer stuff too. And I, I love it, man. I like, I, I sit down to it and sometimes I'm like, Oh, do I want to commit to this right now? But then the, the time goes by, you know, Frank Howarth has been doing that for a while. Um, mm-hmm. that this old Tony guy who's like the machinist channel, he, all his videos are like 20 plus minutes and hilarious and entertaining. And yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys do a great job of consistently putting out watchable videos that are that long. I always struggle with thinking like this thing is just dragging or it's, or people are going to be clicking away from it. But the video that'll be coming out Late this week or next week, I wasn't going to bring it up, but is the Gary V conference table that I built. And in that video, it's got the kind of intro where I just briefly talk about why I'm building what I'm building. And then it's me traveling to Columbus to build the slab tabletop with the dudes from Urban Timber. Then coming back to Joshua Tree to build the base, then driving that out to L.A. to deliver it. Like it's this whole kind of saga. And it ended up being about 16 minutes long and... And I was basically like, I can't make this any shorter. No, like I've done everything I can do. And so I'm very interested to see how it's received by my audience and then how it does 
with an audience that might, once it gets its kind of search results and everything in, once it gets a little more organic traffic, I'll be really curious to see how people like the longer content. Dude, I gotta say, I I was extremely jealous that y'all got to hang out with Gary. I, I have been watching his, like, I watched his wine reviews like 10 years ago, and that's where, because yeah. I was doing beer reviews, and he was like the dude who that's just so had true. All, all this energy, and he was just killing the alcohol review scene and <laughs> yeah. i was like just man gary is the dude and then i read all his books and you know now he's like pivoted and become this like social media guru and uh he's a cool dude what what book of his did you like the most um probably crush it because that was the first one i read and that was like a real important time in my life because i was really just starting doing like social media stuff as a living uh for this awesome. big cigar company i worked for and it really yeah, it made me tenacious for sure. So yeah. it, it was, was interesting, man. That dude was like a ball of energy, but <sighs> generally like attentive to what everyone was saying. Yeah, always like confident in it. Always confident in his ideas. That's oh, yeah. a big takeaway. Yeah, like if you're gonna be wrong, look like you're right. <laughs> Commit to it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys so much for Wait, listening to this Chris. episode of the. Yeah. I didn't get to Sorry. do an obsession, Mike. <laughs> and, All right, go for it, bro. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to be happy, Mike, because what I'm going to do is back you up on one of your old obsessions that you talked about that I decided to partake in, and now I'm obsessed too, which is Rhett and Link. I'd never oh, watched yeah. them before, but what? based on your... I'd Dude, never are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. So based on uh, Mike's been recommendations, I've been like watching three times. Dude, they're OGs, <laughs> I love man. They are like three times to get me, man. Yeah. You know what it was? You know what what really got me like into a now it's like my bedtime routine is before I go to bed I'll just watch a couple of those on the and Roku. Then, um wow. no and uh so what what happened was we were watching Ozark. And then Dolores tucks you in. Yeah. <laughs> kisses me on the head and I'm fast Warm asleep. Milk. Kisses you on the head yeah. and makes sure the nightlight is on. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. <laughs> um no we Sorry, we watched going. we watched Ozark and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty dark. We should watch something light before bed." Yeah. I watched some Rhett and Link. They were doing like, uh, well, oh, it was like na- like now defunct McDonald's foods. And so I was like, <laughs> yes. oh, I love yeah. McDonald's. Like, I, you know what? No kidding. Like when I used to be a manager of some people, not at a McDonald's, and I found out that one of my old employees worked at McDonald's, I asked her McDonald's questions for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched that episode inside you were talking about. Everything. It's all about Turns the Szechuan out- sauce, man. That was... Yeah, it turns out before they made chicken McNuggets, yeah, they tried to do the onion. same thing with onions. Onion nuggets. They like shaved up onions and then compacted them and fried them in like tater tot form. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird disgusting. Stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun facts. Act, with that I think show. they really liked it. Of, they thought it was really good. Does Seven I think like so. them? Because I feel like they do a lot of like singing and stuff. I feel like it'd be great for kids. He probably would, yeah. but yeah, he hasn't he hasn't watched them yet. Oh, dude! But yeah. I think he would like. He it. needs to check it out. He would yeah. love it. Come on, Seven, get on it. Yeah, All right. Yeah. It, satisfies, it satisfies my seven, my inner seven-year-old. Yeah, seriously. Go. Totally. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Modern Maker Podcast. If you haven't already, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on the iTunes Podcast app. It's not, any, it's, it's not anything inconvenient or tough. It takes about three minutes, but it just lets the app know that we're a good show and that it should suggest us to new listeners. If you're not already, at Crafted Workshop is where you can find Johnny Brook. On YouTube, on Instagram. Are you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. He I'm is. on it all, dude. Come on. Do you use Twitter Still regularly? Still on Friendster. I do. I use it. 
I mean, every time I post anywhere else, I post to Twitter as well. All right. Yeah, and you're crushing on Reddit. So if you're a, if you're a Redditor, you should be following our boy here. Give me all them up, Chris. Bro. There he's Brooke the Fourth. Yeah, that's right. Jay Brook IV, baby. That's oh, my that's old right. school handle. There you go. I like it. Chris is at Four Eyes Furniture, and I am at Modern Builds. Collectively, we're at Modern Maker Podcast. And if you want to find more about Maker Brand, that is MakerBrandCo.com, and we are at Maker Brand on Instagram. If you're using the finish. Tag Maker Brand, tag us. We want to see it. We want to be able to repost it on the Maker Brand account as well. So do that and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. See ya.